Hello, welcome to the One Life Podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one only life. My name is Sarah Inman. I'm one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined, as always, by our lead pastor and co-host of the podcast, Brett Nicholson. And unmuted. Unmuted. I remember right. this song. Where'd it yeah. go? See, Thanks. I feel good about that. I'm and learning. I like the new music selection. I was thinking about this. Uh, it. I mentioned Tears for Fears in my sermon oh, yesterday. Yeah. I'm thinking there's a Tears for Fears. It's got a Tears, tears for Fears yeah, vibe, vibe to it. going on there. Yeah, I think that's legit. I didn't Certainly an that. 80s vibe. Yeah, yeah. I kind of I kind of liked it. Just needed something a little fresh, you know. Yeah, you did it. Something that's for right. fall. So. Kind of that circa 1985 thing going on. It's kind <laughs> yeah. of nice. Um, and we've been talking um, really the last four weeks about um, just things we've learned over the last 10 years. And a lot of things have happened at our church and things that we think can relate to anyone who's church planning or maybe in a new season, as we all are kind of in a new season of what church looks like. And uh, I thought we could share some things that maybe we've learned and want to do better or maybe things we did really well. We want to let other people know about it. So here we go. That's right. That's a good it's a good way to look at it. And the things we didn't do so well that we'll also share that is uh, true. along the way for yeah. anybody that's interested in that sort of thing. And Not only for church planning, but I think for if you're just starting a new venture and uh, entrepreneurial yeah. or whatever else. So, so there's a few things to learn. That's true. And as always, um, we'd love for you guys to share out this content as you're listening. Um, you can hit subscribe. That way you'll get an alert anytime a new episode comes out. And uh, also share it if there's something on it that you think is really interesting and maybe other people would like to know it. Um, on uh, With us today is Steve Treese. Some people know Steve as Scuba. Some do. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people call you Scuba. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, some my, my high school friends will almost always call me Scuba. So that's been going on for a long time. Uh, 11, 12 years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always called you Steve, but. And that's fine. Yeah. Most of my adult friends, they do. They call you. In, okay. in, fact, <laughs> in fact, even most of my adult Young Life Staff Associates, they will. They oh, will okay. They do. Okay. Mm-hmm. I always feel guilty in some ways not calling you scuba. It's because I, everybody I knew seemed to do that. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, it's, it, yeah. Adults that you see that are calling me that are really familiar or they are. Uh, kids who used to be under my discipleship. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Steve's been around One Life since the beginning and I uh, want to be able to just hear some of the things from him. But um, first off, just, we always want to start out having you tell us a little bit about you, um, about what you do. And um, yeah, just love to hear a little about that. Sure. Um, um, I have been doing student work for, I didn't think about it till this week, uh, 41 years. 41. And, and uh, yeah, so literally since I was a kid, <laughs> I've been working with kids. That's awesome. And um, uh, have done that mostly inside the church. And then I had a little hiatus. I think that's the word where I'm not doing church work for a couple of years. Tried to do a little bit of entrepreneurship. Uh, and, then, um, and then I've started volunteering for Young Life. And then um, my... My area director left and said, "Hey, would you uh, would you think about filling my shoes after after I'm gone?" <laughs> and I went, um, "No, <laughs> I do not want to do that. That does not sound like something I'm cut out for." And then we had somebody come in after him. He was here for about two three years, and after he left, uh, I come from a re- religious tr- tr- tradition that has this sense of calling, like the Lord is right. He, he doesn't call everybody like he does Moses out of the wilderness, but that was always what I kind of was discipleshiped into. And I don't think that's the case anymore. Sometimes you can just think you're really good at something and you should pursue that. But I, I, I felt like the Lord was saying, yeah, yeah, you can do this. And, and not only that, I'm asking you to, to come forward and, and to do that. And so, yeah, it's... Uh, it's, it's been a blessing. How long have you been area director? Uh, January will make seven years. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it goes quick. <laughs> That's well, amazing. it does. It's, you've been area director for seven years? Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, really? Oh, yeah. Gosh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lost track of in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I it was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was a, not quite that long. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's always something that um, we want to be able to, to share a little bit about what Young Life is. You know, as somebody who maybe hasn't heard of Young Life or um, maybe they're like, did they say One Life? Um, there's always that conversation. Young Life is different than One Life. Um, but a lot of people who are part of Young Life attend One Life. And um, a lot of people who attend One Life are a part of Young Life. So yeah, uh, yeah. Can, you, can you help us understand None this of this better, was Steve? intentional. By the way, on, on the naming of in, uh, organizations. <laughs> well, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I was I was sharing before we went on that uh, every day of my life, 
somebody will say, "Oh yeah, I know, I, I know about Young Life. Y'all are up there at the at the, <laughs> at the mall." And, no, that's uh, that's the church. And then they go, "Oh, okay. I, I thought maybe you went there." And I go, "Well, I do, <laughs> but I, Young Life has been around for eighty years, and One Life has been around for ten, and." Yeah. Um, we have the same last name, but not related. So. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good yeah. way to say yeah. it. Uh, yeah. We do. Yeah, the, and and I apologize for that. There was no, no there was no intentionality there at all. I I, I I don't think I would. Well, maybe I did change it, but <laughs> you can't go back and do that. Why, why would we be uh, now if we were like uh, Brett Church? Yeah, it just yeah, it doesn't it doesn't. <laughs> what would we be? I think, I think there's a lot of answers for that. Yeah, doesn't really work. Right, doesn't really work. On that. There was a discussion before we decided we were going to be part of the network. Yeah. What name will we have? And we went around the table, and everybody had a name that they loved. And I can't remember what mine was, but it was some church that's already existed in Nashville or Knoxville or something like that. Um, but um, uh, one of our members really liked the name Integrity Cowboy for the name Integrity of Integrity Cowboy. I do. And, yeah. uh, and what? I, and, yes, that and was I, a thing. Yeah. And I started a blog called Integrity Cowboy, and I probably did four or five different, uh, uh, what do you call it on a blog? Post. Post, Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's funny, every once in a while, it'll it'll come across a a news feed or a a Google search or something. Still floating out there. I I, I guess I never killed it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Integrity so, Cowboy thing. I remember the guy was because there was a group from Henderson. They were they were thinking about just starting their own church for one life. Got involved and and the, the the story I heard was that the guy that was in charge of the name thing he felt like people weren't reading his emails and so he put a list of names in there and he put Integrity Cowboy in the middle of it just to see if anybody would react at all because <laughs> he was convinced no one was yeah. paying any attention. Yeah. And that's yeah. how it got in there. And it caught on. People were like, oh, wait a minute. That is. That's a, that's a great name. We should be. And that wouldn't have gone crosswise with Young Life. Yeah. Well, you're right. Better. Yeah. you're right. So you're right. Yeah. Maybe we should have gone with Integrity Cowboy. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I think, I think Integrity that was Cowboy Church. The logo <laughs> would be so fun. I, I, it, it, it absolutely would. Yeah. yeah, yeah Mr. Yeah, Chance. Yeah. Um, and so we're talking about Young Life. Can you tell us yeah, a little bit about what Young I'm Life sorry. is? That's okay. I'm easily distracted. <laughs> Squirrel. Um, uh, young Life, uh, if I were talking to a non-church person or somebody who's secular-minded, I would say, hey, Young Life is, a, is an organization that hangs out with high school kids and we just we just talk about life, and and that's a very simple way of putting it. But with my friends who are following Christ, I explain it a little bit more different differently. Uh, I I present each young life leader as a missionary, and instead of us going to another country, uh, the place that we're going to is a, another culture, and that's a youth culture. And uh, all of us have been there at one time or another, but we left it, and so to go back takes a little bit of learning and and uh, awkwardness and getting back to it um, but we hang out with high school students and uh, in time we uh, try to earn the t- uh, the uh, the right to be able to share with them about our deepest relationship with Christ and so yeah I, 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 I love the model it's been around for 80 years it was started by a Presbyterian uh, uh, preacher whose pastor said, yeah, I love what you're doing with the kids in the church, but uh, there are kids out there. There are kids in the neighborhood who don't know about our sweet Lord. So uh, that's your office now, the streets. So that's And it, what's, what's very admirable about Young Life, for those who may not uh, know a whole lot about it, is that if you're a Young Life uh, leader, they go on to high school campuses and just walk on and... and uh, Hang out at football games and basketball games and things, yes. and just uh, and go into the cafeteria and uh, sit down and just start cold we, call we, basically. We, yeah, we enter that world, but yeah. uh, then COVID hit and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, a good point. Yeah, uh, back yeah. in the days when you, in normal days, when you could do that kind of thing. Yeah, so now you have young life that. leaders who are standing on the street corner be, as kids are coming into school saying, welcome, glad you're back. Oh, okay, but, uh, yeah. That's that's about it. But it was amazing to to know that people just, they walk in the cafeteria and sit down and just start and and kids think they're weird at first and and then sometimes they still do still yeah. do okay yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's a lot of just showing up in kids lives right i mean it's Absolutely. just showing up um showing randomly up showing up and, on time and in certain times things like that yeah. so yeah um uh i don't know where i want to go with this but i'm 
everybody's looking at me. Uh, <laughs> on the camera here. One of the one of the things that was really good about One Life when it first started was uh, we started an association with the people at Orange and Think Orange. Right. And we, I, I, uh, uh, we weren't really sure if we wanted curriculum, but we looked at that curriculum and uh, really liked it because they, they got the idea of what Sarah just said, which was you, you show up regularly, you show up uh, intentionally, you show up when they're not expecting it at work or at school or other places like that. Yeah. And it's one of those things that, so when you saw, okay, so first off, let's just talk about when One Life is planting. So One Life Church is planting. Yes. What does Steve treat? What's what's the excitement or thoughts or fears or anything that Steve is having when you're getting ready to, to launch One Life Church? Yeah. So the quicker version okay. of that is uh, I was very happy at a church in Henderson and had no desire whatsoever to go someplace else. Um my former youth pastor, well, not my pa- youth pastor, but youth pastor of my church and music guy, uh, Heath Farmer, said uh, a bunch of us are getting together and praying about this. Would you want to join with us? And I was like, well, it's hard to say no to Heath. So I, <laughs> I, I went, and, and I guess that was 2009, and went uh, several times. And I was like, yeah, I, it was, it was, at that point, it was more like, I hope these guys find what they're looking for. Uh, and then... Um, and this is, this is one of my many awkward moments. But uh, they invited Brett to come and speak one night, and uh, he was he was talking, and as he was talking, it just occurred to me, oh wait a second, it's not it's not they anymore. It's it's we and it's us. And I, I, there was just a a paradigm shift in my mind that that's that's what I I needed to do. Um, we did meet for for many many months over at uh, at Bethel, and then in time. Uh, we had always thought we were going to be an affiliate, like we were going to be us, and then the network would start sometime. And then, I don't know how long it was, but at some point it was, uh, let's be, be let's be part of the network. Let's be part of that thing that is going on. And uh, there was a lot of synergy that happened after that, Sarah. It was like, <laughs> we're not talking about stuff. We're, 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 we're going to make this happen. Mm-hmm. And I remember for months before... 10, 10, 10, all of us were just thinking if we're at the grocery store, we wanted to invite people to this new church. If we were on a bus, that's a bad example. I've never been on a bus. But wherever we were. <laughs> but if you were. But wherever yeah. we were, we were, wanting to, we were wanting to pull people into it. And if people were, were talking about how dissatisfied they were in their faith life, we were wanting to call people in and, and be a part of that. Mm. Um, it was just, it was I'm just going to say it was the most exciting time of my life. It was it was really good. We were anticipating something that was bigger than ourselves, and it was. It really was. That's awesome. And, I mean, I think everyone kind of has their maybe their experience of, of checking out a church for the first time, but being a part of, like, knowing when it's starting, being a part of planting it, being a part of the community. And that's something that I, I would love for you just to hear your perspective on, of, like, coming to Henderson, uh, the community where you live. I mean, yeah. That's a big deal. I mean, thinking about when you think about young life and the impact that you're having in the community itself, and then having a place to eventually, once you said you've earned the right to have those conversations with someone to bring them to your church, like that's that's huge, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, I remember, uh, I remember the first. I remember on ten, ten, ten. There's all these, there's all these people here, and uh, and there wasn't enough room for everybody, and we we. Uh, those of us who had relationships with kids that were in the room, that kids that we had invited, mm. kids that we'd said, hey, this is going to be really great. We looked at them and said, hey, you can't sit there. We've got a special place for you up here. And literally, <laughs> they came and they sat between the platform and, and the first seats. And I'm not a, I'm not a numbers person, uh, uh, so, so we didn't really count. I, I, I can tell you that the Lord is happy when his house is full. And that little section of our f- high school friends was full, and we were just yeah. We, there were so many good things about that day, but I, when I think about my favorite moments, that was one of them where our kids were all sitting up front, right, right, right there underneath the teaching, and then again the curtain in the back where people couldn't, we literally could not fill the room, and so there were again 
don't know numbers, but a dozen or so of us that went to the back, the men, and just rolled up the curtains and we're holding them like this. <laughs> uh, when you think about it, in, in praise position, <laughs> just so people behind us could, could see in. It was just, it was just awesome. Yeah, that's one of my fondest memories too. I can yeah. still picture in my head there was just the, the floor. I call it the mosh pit. It was it was just filled with high school students, and, yeah. which yeah. was a remarkable thing. I mean, that's yeah. not normal. And I, I can also say that was the most eclectic crowd that I've ever talked to because you had the mosh pit of the of the students, and then I remember seeing there were several people out there that were dressed in full Sunday, um, going to the Baptist church tie suit. Yes. Thing. It was a little bit of everybody. And then some people that were just glad they were clothed at all. And it was <laughs> everything in between. It was just, it was my favorite yeah. crowd. I think I've ever uh, talked to because it was such a mixed bag, especially the students up front. And yeah. They yeah. did that for a long time where they were just kind of, that was their place. You know, we would do that. And, and so when we talk about, I mean, you're a part of, of young life and a part of, um, when One Life launched and thinking about the next generation, and we talk about the next generation here a lot, but specifically in your case, you're talking about middle school, high school students. Um, why is that so important to you? Why has that always been something that you've been a part of? I think you talked about how long you've been a part of that now. And yeah, why is it 40 something years from what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sarah, I was, I, I was speaking at church one time and I just said, Hey, it's my passion. It's what I do. And one of the, one of the, one of the guitar guys came up and said, we're glad it's your passion, but why? <laughs> and I was like, I wish I could think of that brother's name, but it's it's gone. Uh, and I really thought about it. And here's here's the deal: um, I was not always the cool, suave guy you see now. Uh, <laughs> uh, middle school and high school were really uncomfortable places for me. Mm-hmm. They were like, I, I I didn't have a place at home, and, and I didn't have a place at school. It was just like mm-hmm. I was this skinny kid who who had a bad haircut and, you know, wearing secondhand clothes and just couldn't fit in any place. And at some point when I started to realize that the church has this place and these people who can love on kids, uh, I guess I was about 18 or 19 uh, that I, I discovered that that was a thing. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, I got to be that for some kid uh, uh, because that's what I needed and I just didn't have it. So, yeah, I think that answers your question. It answers it for me. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it answers it pretty powerfully. I mean, yeah. You think about, it, I'm, I'm trying yeah. to give what I, what I didn't receive. And, uh, and then you started the 40 year journey. Now, did you go into like a formal youth ministry? I know you weren't always in young life, but right. uh, did you kind of do that route of, I'm a youth pastor, or was it always just well? Out with well, kids? again, the idea that the Lord uh, that calls you into something. Uh, I was a senior in um, a senior in college at Murray State University, uh, and I, I thought that I had everything kind of planned. I had my radio, TV degree, and I was all, I was all set. And um, I just really began to think, having done these weekend revivals, uh, youth revivals, and stuff, that I was that I really got charged. From that, and uh, uh, I just had this sense of, yeah, the Lord is calling me to go and to to do this in a church, uh, and so uh, so I graduated and I found a church and I worked there for a year. And after being there for a year, I decided, hey, I should go to the seminary school, and so I went to uh, Southern Baptist in Louisville. Um, it was it was a it was a it was a respectably a uh, decent experience, but I don't think seminary needs to be for everybody. I don't know that it needed to be for me, um, but uh, but yeah, I, I went, I did a couple of churches. I worked at several churches, and then sometime in the 30s, um, I ran into that typical uh, bad church experience, and I, I left for a little bit, and uh, it, was, it was a while before I decided that, you know, church work or even student ministry was something I wanted to do. Yeah, I, I hate that it has to be that typical bad church experience. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had to go through my typical. It's like everybody's got to go through now, it. You just, yeah, it's I, part of the deal. I take that back. There right. are, yeah, I take it back. I mean, I think it's there. Uh, there are people who have you know right. sixty years of good positive church experience, and I am happy <laughs> for those people. That's I right. Really they are am. out there. Huh? I okay, really good. am. I, I think I, I think you. that's good. Yeah, yeah. that is yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> When we talk about um, student ministry at One Life, um, 
there was a plan and you were a part of that, you know, and you talk about orange curriculum and they have some ideas of, of the same type of ideas that you were talking about, like showing up in kids' yeah. lives. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about what the idea of what student ministry kind of tried to want to do something different? I, I believe I heard yeah. a lot and, yeah. and, and I can speak a little bit. I was part of our student ministry for a long time and still in a sense am. I mean, you're always a part of it. I think once you're a part of it once, you're always a part of it because you're always connected to kids who are now adults. Um, but thinking about, um, trying to, if you want to reach people, um, that aren't being reached, you got to do something different. Right. And so that was kind of the mindset. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I'm going to challenge you because yeah. that's a church word. I'm going to challenge you to, to throw in what you, yeah. what you know, and what you believe. Those of you who are listening, you may not know this, but Sarah is a student ministry ninja. She, <laughs> she's really good. I yeah. did play a lot of ninja while I was in yeah, school. Right. Yeah. That's why. That's yeah. what makes that's you what that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, it is it is said that a lot of people who tried to take the Young Life model and bring it into the church um, fail. And most uh, many of the people that were part of that original group were Young Life people in one way or another. Not all, but, but many of them were. Um, and we just thought we were the exception to the rule. And so uh, it was important to us that we would uh, find kids, bring them into the church, uh, introduce them to Jesus, and disciple them. And in the process, that they would then go out and help their leaders find new kids and that that would be the model. Um, I, would, I would love to say that we were an exception to the rule, but we ran into the same challenges that other churches run into when they try to take that young life evangelistic model and bring it into the church. I know that it can, be, I believe it can be done, uh, but it did not go nearly as well as we would have liked it to have gone. Um, it is true that when we first, let's back up a little bit. If we're, if we're being really honest, we, we didn't think about youth ministry in the very beginning. There was a time, and Brett can help me on this. It, it could have been three months or six months or whatever, but there were parents who were like, we need something for our students. And perhaps the reason many of us who love students didn't think about it was because we were neck deep into our own relationships and we didn't think about kids who were coming to the church with their parents and what do we do with them. Uh, but when we finally kicked in and we decided that we, we needed to do something in a formal type of way with students at One Life, um, yeah, that, that Young Life model seemed very important to us. And one of the things that's really important with Young Life and also with our friends at Orange is the idea of small group, uh, the idea of having uh, leaders that are going to come in and they're going to, they're going to invest in kids and uh, and pour into their lives. Sarah, did you want to say anything at that point? <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah. Um, it's something that I remember when I first heard that because I'd been a part of, of student ministry for, I don't know, four or five years before that. And it had a traditional model, you know, when Monday nights was youth night and we played kickball and there was teaching and then you, you know, you try to show up to kids' lives, um, you know, if they're in sports and you connected to a few of them. But I remember coming in and um, the very first time that a friend of mine's like, you should check out what they're doing with student ministry. I'd gone, I think I tried to go to Kickstart and the room was so full I couldn't get in that I was so anxious that I just left. Um, but I knew I wanted to be a part. I did go to Kickstart later, by the way, just throw that out there. Um, but <laughs> we, but I remember I wanted to be a part or at least check out what student ministry was like. And there was a meeting that was happening, I think pretty soon after I had maybe visited one of the first times and decided that one life was going to be a place I wanted to continue pursuing being a part of. And we met at, um, Uncharted International's home at the time, which was in Washington Square Mall um, in Evansville, and we watched uh, a couple videos about what student ministry could look like and the idea of connecting with kids, and I was like, huh, interesting. Like, I didn't know what to think, but I remember thinking it was different enough that I, I was curious about it, and then we started meeting and um, at Donut Bank um, every week at 6 a.m. on Fridays and started meeting with the other people that were going to be a part of this, and I remember thinking, yeah, I want to work with these people. And I was like, I'm going to work with high schoolers. I love high school kids. And a friend of mine said, well, we're friends now. We weren't at the time. She's like, hey, I think we should serve together. You want to lead middle school girls? And I'm like, no, no, sure don't. <laughs> Funny you should ask. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. And and it, actually, I, I said yes. And it was one of the best things I've ever done because the goal for us at that time was to gather a group of sixth grade girls um, and stay with them from sixth grade all the way 
through graduation, through high school. And we started with a group of probably 10 and probably made made it with about three that we were still really connected to. Um, there's one I'm still really connected to. I talked to her a couple weeks ago and she's in college now. And um, I love that we've had that experience. Not just, and it wasn't just like, um, it was different in the sense of like, it wasn't just like, hey, show up on Mondays and I'll be there too. It was like, what's going on in your life? You know, like yeah. let's be a part of what's going on um, there. And I, I can think of a couple times of some of them calling in the middle of the night having crisis and they felt like, Hey, I can call and talk to you. And not that I'm special of any kind, but there was a relationship there where they could Ninja. have conversation, <laughs> but that, they could yeah. have conversation. And so, but one life helped set that up and, and to think of it in a different way. And, you know, there's some times where it's like, man, I wish we had more events or whatever, but mm-hmm. the, the, the heart of it was still community and connection in a small group setting where you can have a couple leaders who can really hang out with a few. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's still, like you said, it's still going on, uh, yeah. and, and you know, which is the objective in the end. That's why the, the model was don't just come to a Monday night event, go to Thursday night if they have a soccer game or, right. or Friday morning, if they, uh, you know, have something for school or whatever else. And so that's, uh, that's impressive, but trying to put all that together in the beginning was a interesting challenge. I remember having lots of conversations. Yeah. About. That, yeah. That's a really nice felt way like I did real well on that. Yeah. No, <laughs> the, no, you did the young, you, you the did young not. life model, the, the, the one life model and, and, uh, challenges we didn't anticipate would just kind of rose fairly quickly and yeah. so it never was exactly neat and so we had a hard time getting off the ground a little bit in some areas of youth ministry but doing better now but yeah people yeah. that have been around us for 10 years know that <laughs> it wasn't always as clean as it could have been very good yeah yeah, yeah that, was, that was a lot of the conversations i think early on of like why don't we do this or and, and it's always hard when you're trying to plant something or start something that's just a little bit different people are so used to what they think church looks like um right. or in this case student ministry looked like or youth ministry and when it looks a little bit different you're like something's not right and you can't put your finger on it um and so when you but my favorite was when we'd sit down and talk to people and give them the vision they're like yeah i love that i, yeah. I believe in that but yeah. the hard thing was just continuing that to a point where kids felt like they had a place to belong and sometimes i found out later on there were some kids like i'm not going to go to someone's house but i might come to church right there was yeah that was going on too yeah. And we tried a couple, I remember different iterations of um, uh, group life uh, was happening and then there were some other things that have happened. But um, what I'd love to, to really see, Steve, is like things that maybe you learned personally through that whole experience and then kind of give us a little bit of like what things you've seen shift and what it kind of looks like now. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, well, that's a lot. It uh, says a lot. One of, one of the things that, uh, that going through the orange material taught me that I had never really thought about and I would think our, our friend Jody said that she hadn't thought about either was uh, the role of parents in what we do. Like in young life, a lot of times I'm going after kids that are secular minded and, and don't have any church background, but especially with kids that had a church background, um, the parents could have and, and were a really important resource to what was going on. Um, I think, um, Things that I've learned. Um, too much did time. Uh, <laughs> I, I, um, yeah, I wish that if we could go back in a time capsule, we would have trained a little better. It wasn't that we weren't doing stuff, um, but it was a brand new model that we were unfamiliar with. And if we could have kept, I remember in the very beginning, Brett would always say, this is who we are. This is what we do. This, and I wish we had done that maybe a little bit more with student ministry. This is who we are. We we show up regularly uh, at our at our home or somebody else's home. We uh, we go to kids' games. We go to their work. Uh, we show up unexpected. We write them letters. We we let them know that we're thinking about them even when they think that we may not be thinking about them. Um, yeah. Um, is there any, is there any anything that like I say someone is in the midst of planting, you know, and, and they're saying maybe they have the same idea of like, man, we love what Young Life does. We're going to do it, um, and we're going to be the exception. Like, how do you coach somebody through that? Even like to think of the things that maybe they haven't even thought about at this point. Um, they only see one thing. They're going to go forward. Is there anything that you would say to that? Yeah, I, I I really remember people coming and visiting us 
uh, the first year going, we're getting ready to launch and uh, we'd like to see how you're doing it. And we would look at each other like, we're still trying to figure this out. <laughs> um, but the things I think we did really, really well were getting kids involved in service. Uh, I think um, having kids, um, one of the things that I would not do um, is, I didn't know I was going to get this serious. <laughs> Um, I, I think the idea that we celebrate quick, uh, kids a little bit too quickly, like uh, kids haven't fully developed, and the moment we bring them up on the stage and we show them off as, hey, this, this kid has arrived, something inside that adolescent brain has gone, okay, I'm done. I've, I've got everything that I need to do. Interesting. That is, that is really, for me personally, uh, uh, one of one – of, my biggest regrets. Um, I I wish that, and this is personal. Uh, I wish that I had loved kids a little bit better. I wish that I accepted them a little bit more for just who they were, um, because un, unknowingly, uh, I was trying to let kids know that there's there's a, a do good standard, and you got to get there, and. Uh, when you think that you're only loved based on uh, the deeds that you do, uh, I the, the word for that is conditional love, and nobody wants to be loved like that. Mm-hmm. People want to be loved like, okay, I'm going to make a uh, mistake every once in a while and do stu- stupid stuff every once in a while, and that would be, yeah, that would be, that would be one of them. Yeah, it, it, that takes me back in my mind to the illustration I heard from someone else that I've given before is that every church ought to view itself like an AA meeting where what the, the thing we have in common is our weakness, not our strength. So you show up and you can be, you know, you can be a seven-figure person and you could be sitting next to someone who slept under a bridge last night, but you're both there together because you have this problem in common and that's what brings you to the table and so everybody's trying to help one another through the problem rather than yeah. the, the, the standard is something else. The standard is the good that you're trying to hit. So you would think yeah. if, we, if we did create an environment where kids just felt more free to be who they are and, and they were there because we all have the same problem in common. Because uh, I, I, looking back as you say that, it's kind of interesting. I hadn't thought of it that way before. But um, it's pretty remarkable and... Now I regret. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> if if only we had. You yeah, know, it's hard to walk this Christian life and not have yeah. a little bit of oh, wish yeah. I'd done that differently. Yeah. So, so if you're sitting at home and and you're getting ready to plant, I think, um, uh, I think first of all, I don't know everything, but one of the things that I think I would have done differently is, I think the small groups are the secret sauce. I really do. But if you're going to have parents bringing their kids in, uh, they are going to want something that looks a little bit more traditional. And, and you, you straighten me out if I'm wrong here, Sarah. But I, I, wish, I wish that the group life thing was something that we would have brought in a little earlier and that we would have done that a little bit more consistently. I think at the time we were doing it once a month. Right. Because it was taking a lot of work to do it. It was, yeah, yeah. Um, there was in Henderson a move a couple of years ago to do, a, well, I don't want to say do away with the small groups, but they brought the small groups into the church. They haven't really left yet. Uh, and, and the focus was on the Wednesday night big thing. And, and that went really well again in the very beginning. But, yeah, if I were, if I were planning a church again, I would find a combination of that. Uh, one of the things that uh, I knew – had worked well at uh, one of our major churches in Atlanta, I won't mention its name, uh, was really good at getting college students to invest in high school students right. and high school students to invest in middle school and middle school into children. And I, I think I would have liked to have found a way to do that. But honestly, when you're when you're building a ship at, at uh, warp speed, it is just, I mean, it's just really difficult to get everything down right. I, I certainly feel like if we did it again we'd, we'd get it much better yeah you the the problem is is that people do arrive with their own paradigms of what they think things ought to be and navigating that i think we we miss we miscalculated like we we had so many young life people and leaders that we thought okay we're going to build this young life model well 
the church is different than Young Life. They're mm-hmm. not the same thing. And yeah. so we, do, we couldn't answer the question of how do they intermingle well and how can you one fuel the other and all those sorts of things. And we just it raised problems and challenges that none of us even thought of. Like, it seemed easy. Yeah. <laughs> seemed simple enough just to plant one on top of the other. So one, one of the things I felt most sorry, excuse me, not sorry, most compassionate towards you and the, and the, uh, and the elders was um, uh, people would come up to you and say, you know, at our old church, we would do this. <laughs> and the ideas would almost always be brilliant. Almost always, or at least yeah, I, the ones sure. that came to me were. Yeah. But you had to decide, or the church had to decide, yeah, that's a good thing, but yeah, we're not going to do that. We're not yeah, do that. and that is the challenge. People do arrive with their paradigms that they have in their head, and they think it ought to be that way. And, and you're trying to adjust yourself, and you're trying to do what you feel called to do, and, and, uh, and you're having to overcome those preconceived notions about what does youth ministry look like? Well, it looked like this at my former place. Well, why does it look like that at this new place? Well, yeah. because we're trying to do something different and new. And so, yeah, that, there was a lot of early hiccups on all that sort of thing. Yeah. And I mentioned what I said because there there, there was a time uh, in in one life history in Henderson where there were folks who were saying, "Yeah, whatever you guys are trying to shoot for, you're you're not hitting it for my kid, and I can't wait for you anymore. I've got to I've got to go and 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 go to another church that has something that looks more like what I recognize as a as a church uh, youth ministry." And I regret those. I I, I do feel like. We could have found a place for small groups in a really good Wednesday or once a week uh, type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the thing to say too. We still haven't. I don't think we have it perfect yet. Um, I, we had Amanda uh, Seymour on the la- uh, last week, and she was talking, you know, a little bit about next gen and some things that we continue to see at each campus. And um, you, you talked about the Wednesday night students. That's something that was which was great was the Henderson campus. Um, you know, really launch that off. And then the other campus is like, we should do that too. And so there was a model of like kind of trying it, seeing what it looked like and then perfecting it between multiple people always helps having more people being a part of that. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're still trying to figure it out and I think that's okay. Um, but it's also a thing too, that we would say it's probably not okay too, because you want students to have a place to belong. And, and I remember one of the things that was always uh, really unique when I thought about it, when I grew up, when I was growing up, um, I didn't want to go sit in service as much when I was in high school. We sat in the balcony and I usually like <laughs> at a balcony in my church. And, um, you know, I was like writing on the bullets and using it for tic-tac-toe and things. But one life is different in a sense that we feel like we really can connect with a younger generation as well as, you know, um, really any generation, but really something that we think can relate to anybody. And so hopefully that's a little bit different in itself, but then there's also something you want something or a place for kids, middle school, high school students to belong as well. Right. Uh, I, I think I'm going to, uh, uh, uh ask Brett a question. Oh, I can't uh, wait. <laughs> I am sitting in the middle. Which yeah, I yeah, never yeah, do, yeah. So, um, and, and so I don't really even know how to ask this other than, um, It'll be fun to hear you develop this uh, over the this. I, I thought recording. I, I yeah. thought I, I thought I knew <laughs> how I was going to ask this, but um, yeah. So I heard a parent say that we all know and love say a couple of years ago that she desired that type of experience, that type of uh, youth ministry experience for for her for her child, but more specifically, a person on staff whose job was specifically to make sure that the, the spiritual needs of her child and every other child was taken care of. So I am wondering um, if, if there is a time in our future where one life will be able to, or, or maybe we don't want to go this way, that we would be able to hire a staff person at each campus who would be specifically dedicated to youth ministry and then another person who would be specifically dedicated to children's ministry. And maybe that's a question or maybe that's a discussion. I don't know, but I'll be quiet now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the answer is yes. Uh, and, and because we've made stabs at that before, and then we've kind of have, we have a mutated form of it even now uh, in trying to get there. Like uh, at East, technically you do have uh, Amanda's over the students and then Andy's over the kids. And, but we also have to have them extend out to the other campuses. So the ideal, and it all just depends on, on finances, but that's always been a goal. Not always, but, I mean, it's it's been a goal for quite some time to, to get there. And we had the, the 
we were trying to uh, we separated out kids and, and student ministry as early as we were able to uh, right. in some respects. And uh, but then you had three campuses, and can you do it at all three? Ideally, we'd love to have it at all three. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Who? Okay. Okay. Yeah. No right. fair. So, uh, but uh, no, it struck me. Okay, you've been doing youth ministry for 40 years. I've raised three kids, and uh, and everyone knows. Uh, no slight to high school and middle school students, but they throw their parents a lot of curveballs. They just do. It's it's different than raising a three year old. When they're 13, it's a whole 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 different ball game. And so, but in your observations through the years, just for parents out there and for people who are thinking about youth, youth ministry, what do you think most parents probably don't understand about their teenagers that you wish they would, just based on your own experience? Because you experience them differently than parents do. Yeah, and for those of y'all who are home, I'm a single man who has never had kids, and I don't understand entirely the magic and the romance that takes place between a father's love for his kids and trying to raise them, knowing that you have this idea for them and they will almost never follow that idea. Um, <laughs> uh, they, I, a parent told me in Kansas City once when I was a youth pastor there, she, she said, Steve, I know you think I'm a bad parent. I know you do, but I'm telling you, these kids come out of the womb this way, and you can't do anything <laughs> to stop them. And there is, there is no doubt some truth to that. Uh, I think what a, a parent needs to do is, is just be available to their kids. That's not anything new. You know that. Um, I don't know how to tell them to guide them and not mold them. But that, that seems to me to be where a lot of parents are frustrated. Like, here's here's a general, here's, I'm opening my, my hands now. Uh, this is the general direction that I'm trying to guide my kid to. And any place in there, I would be really, really happy with. Um, I think that, uh, you, you know, one of the age-old questions is, do you make a kid go to church? Yeah, I think you do. Because uh, I don't think that they know what they don't know until you at least right. e expose them to, to one end of it. Um, perhaps I didn't answer your question. Would you like to redefine it, or was, <laughs> was that well? Was that I mean, but close? what are, what do you think parents really don't quite understand about teenagers? Because you've seen them in a different light. If you see them as a parent, you see them in one way, but you see them behind different closed doors. And so what are observations you think that most parents don't understand about their teenagers? May I've heard it say, well, they respect you a lot more than you think they do. Or maybe they respect you a lot less than you think they do. Um, yeah, I don't, again, I don't think I'm going to say anything new. I'm, I'm going to tell you that, um, that you have to give them a little bit of distance. I, I hope that every parent knows that, that they, they are in the process of growing from, uh, from, dependent upon you to trying to figure out what the world in in the village and outside the village is like and and they can't do that if you are right on top of them 24 7 right um and so what does a parent not understand i'm not a parent so i just i, I struggle with that one i okay. don't i don't think i really know the answer of what parents don't know i just i do know that if you allow them to be exposed to people that you would like them to become like, that that's a big win. That that if your church has student workers that care about them and genuinely want to be involved in their lives, I think that's I think that's a really good good place to go. Um, it's amazing to me um, because I'm in young life. Mo oh, wow, I don't want to say this on the mic, but I got to. <laughs> Most of my parents don't care, like what what I what time I spend with their kids. What I found, Brett, is that parents who do care uh, are always a blessing to me because they're they're saying, "Hey, who are you?" Yeah, I took. <laughs> I can't mention the name. I took three high school boys across state of Kentucky, two hundred fifty miles on bicycles. I never had a parent come up to me and say, "What's going on." It's just like, we're going. Um, 
And, and I think the fact that you care about your kids is, is something that maybe that's the way you put it. They know that, 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 you, that right. you care about them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, Steve, I'd love to close out um, our time just hearing some stories or some of your favorite memories um, in student ministry. It doesn't have to necessarily be at One Life. It can be in general. Um, but if you have any from One Life, that's even better. Um, but anything that you just that comes to mind that would just be fun to share kind of as we close out. I'm, I'm sorry. I got to go. <laughs> no. Um, uh, here, here are some of my great memories from One Life ministry related or youth related or not. Um, my campaigner boys, Jesse and Andrew and, uh, Nick, uh, missed one of our Bible study nights to show up at one life to help paint, um, a white ceiling black. And it, I don't know if you've ever tried spraying paint up in the air. It's messy. Um, I seem to recall also that our friend Jody had a bucket of this paint and she spilt it on a red, bright red <laughs> curtain. And all of us thinking, that's, that. yeah. that's never going to come out. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, first miracle at One Life, it, it, <laughs> it, it came just fine. First miracle. It came fine. Um, this, is, this is one of the things that I've had to grow at, but there were so many students that were being baptized in the very beginning. I hate to confess this, um, but I would be jealous because I didn't have that relationship with any kid at the time where I could baptize them, which is really saying deep down, that I wanted to be a star along with the kids. Uh, but th- that was just such a fascinating time to see kids uh, wanting, desiring to uh, to go up there and, and be baptized and celebrate what Christ was doing in their life. Um, I remember the first orange camp that I, I went to, and maybe that's not what it's called, the good camp, the great camps. I can't remember. The, the great orange camp? The, yeah. I guess. Something. But uh, I remember going to that and thinking uh, – this is a really wild, different type of camp, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I remember, um, wow, how did I almost forget this? The best part of my life right now is on Tuesday nights, tomorrow night. I'll sit down with a bunch of juniors and seniors, um, and, and we'll talk about what Brett has been talking about the week prior. It has been so good for my spirit because it's the right group. I, I, I meant what I said earlier. The Lord loves to see his house full. But it is also just amazingly awesome to, uh, to go small and just be pouring into a handful of kids. And, and honestly, if they want to invite somebody else, the more the merrier. But I just love these kids right now for who they are. Um, Two of them have not really been to ch- in church uh, of any kind since fifth or sixth grade. Um, and then an- another girl is very COVID um, secure, and so she sits six feet away from everybody else. She wears a mask the whole time, and she's throwing in just like everybody else is. Uh, and then when I hear these kids talking, uh, who I think probably don't have any depth to them whatsoever, Time and time again, they just amaze me. And I apologize if my friend uh, Randy Privet is talking right, uh, listening right now. But he told me for years, whenever I tried to get him in student ministry, I don't like students. <laughs> I don't like them. He gets up there on Wednesday. Uh, he gets up there on Tuesday nights and he starts speaking. And those kids just, they're mesmerized. They're just like, I know this guy loves me. I know this guy cares about me. I'm going to listen to whatever it is that he's got to say. And his wife, Terry, is, is, is the same way. She's, she just really pours in. Um, but, man, these kids have just really been a, I'm going to use church word again, blessing to me. Um, really, really good. I'm, I'm sure there's a, a dozen other great stories like that, but that's certainly the, the, the highlight. Oh, wait. My heart for me, Amar. Mm. Um, um, our friend Jody had been reading a book by Don Miller. I came up with the name, uh, <laughs> and had a, had a, had a child who was just going in the wrong direction, uh, dating a guy she didn't like, and, uh, was just going to be in a bad place really soon. And so he decided he was going to build an orphanage and he pulled the daughter in on it and her life was changed because she was involved in that. And so that was 
what uh, that's what the my heart for Myanmar night was all about. Trying to raise money for uh, for an orphanage over in Myanmar, and just trying to think. Uh, um, man, that took a long time to raise that money. We thought God was going to raise it one night, and it took Him a while. <laughs> but uh, but um, yeah, that's that was that was another great great night for us. There's just a lot of things that um, it's, it's cool to continue to see that, um, Steve, you're involved in and being a part of continuing to shape, and I'm very thankful for that. I mean, I can think of all the, the specific lives you're talking about, but then there's just the the things that people may not even notice, but I think the last time, which has been a little while since I've been to the Henderson campus, you were making cinnamon rolls in a waffle iron, which is just incredible. I think everybody does that. I hadn't, and it's I incredible. I've not seen that. No, one of my kids taught me that a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah, and I, I, yeah, you don't you don't bake them anymore. Yeah, I was say, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I will say that uh, uh, one of the freedoms that I have at One Life because I've been around since before they opened the doors was uh, at a certain point, uh, humbly or not, I feel like I can do what I want to do. So one one Sunday, <laughs> one Sunday I went up with an espresso maker and my waffle iron, and I just did that in the lobby, and I'd been asked to. Uh, I've been asked to do that ever since, so wow. I've, I've really, really enjoyed it. And then Brett came by one day when I had bacon in a cup, <laughs> and I was really thinking that was going to be the next big thing, uh, but not so much because that was the I think that was the first Sunday we were closed. Oh, like, oh yeah, it was. Yeah, I was right. yeah. I was there for anybody who showed up late or didn't yeah. know, and I had bacon in a cup. And man, we're going to do that again. I'm glad. I know. Glad I was thinking if people knew we had bacon in a cup, they'd show I'm, up. I'm glad I'm thinking Absolutely. about that. Yeah. I kind of would be, I would have walked up and be like, oh, no church? Oh, it's bacon in a cup? Okay, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for coming in and chatting with us. And um, it's always fun to just hear some stories and continue to hear more and more how people are. Um, hey, from the sound of your voice, sounds like you're about to close. So yeah. just really quickly, yeah. there have been people who have been involved with student ministry in Henderson for almost 10 years, maybe longer. And I'd feel really bad if I didn't mention Eric Suddeth yeah. and Amy Davenport and Sarah Beth Smith. Okay, you can go ahead and close this now. No, that's great. I love that. Sure. That's great. But that's, that's part of it too. I mean, you're good at that. I mean, you're acknowledging people and not just trying to, I'm always bad at like, I'm just going to do it. But you're finding people to do life with students, with you. Like, that's incredible. And that's something that I think we're thankful for. And um, I'm just thankful that I've gotten to learn from you for a lot of years and being able to be a part of seeing some of the things that you're able to do. So, Brett, anything to close with? Well, uh, we're getting ready to go into uh, the season where we are going to talk actively about uh, politics and culture and things. And so uh, gear up for that. I don't know if we decided to do anything specifically with the podcast with that, but... Uh, Maybe we'll decide as we're going. Maybe we should just leave it alone on Sunday, and that's it. <laughs> we'll that's we'll question. see, but we'll let you know. That's but that question. we are entering in that between now and and uh, um, uh, the election day, and I'm asking everybody uh, to read what's called the Sermon on the Plain in, uh, in Luke chapter six. Read it every day between now and. Uh, the election day and I'm going to keep putting that word out because I believe if people will do that it will be transformative I really do and, uh, and so there you go just please participate in that cool Steve right. thanks again for joining us good to be here thank you for listening and uh, as always again subscribe wherever you're uh, listening to right now or watching and make sure you get that alert and share out or leave us a comment let us know anything that you thought was interesting or have any questions for Steve we'll pass them along you can email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org those come straight to me and I love getting those so thank you so much for sending those in and uh, we'll see you guys next time <laughs>